Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. everyone. Welcome to Pop Health Week on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks, which is brought to you by Health Innovation Media. I'm Greg Masters, the producer and co-host of the show. And in the virtual studio today during this, again, hurricane (laughs) episode (laughs) is my cohort and partner, Fred Goldstein, principal co-host and co-founder of Pop Health Week, who hails from Jacksonville. Hey, Fred. Hey, Greg. The good news is, for us at least, the storm is, should be fairly far north of us, but I really am worried about those folks in North and South Carolina, the East Coast there. Well, and if you're following the uh, cone of uncertainty, uh, they're saying this thing may hit land and drift south and sort of you know, hug the coast for a while, so there's a lot of moisture in the forecast. I want to say welcome back, if you, unless you've been following uh, us on uh, Healthcare Now Radio. Uh, we've been sort of offline for the summertime, and we're getting back in the seat. And for those of you not familiar with my colleague, Fred, he is a veteran healthcare executive and the president of Accountable Health LLC, a Jacksonville, Florida-based consulting firm. Fred is uh, uh, known or unknown, largely unknown, as the father of the <laughs> Medicare annual wellness visit he serves on the editorial board of the journal of population health management and is known on twitter as fs goldstein and has been recently appointed to the university of mississippi population health management department we'll hear a little later about that but my background (laughs) includes thought leadership and strategy guidance for hospitals health systems and physician health led ventures i publish and principally author acowatch.com do follow me on twitter at two, the number two health guru. And now for today's special guest, making her encore appearance, which I believe may be number three or four on our show. So, right. yeah, Nicole, the diva of the Southeast, is uh, accountable <laughs> care, uh, value-based health strategies, is a passion-driven entrepreneur, operator, and key thought leader in the emerging uh, accountable health care Space. Nicole is the founder of and CEO of the Florida Association of ACOs, commonly known as FLACOs, and also serves as the Florida market president for Navis, a mm-hmm. population health solutions company built around what matters to the patient. So with that brief intro, Fred, over to you. Help us uh, learn what's on Nicole's plate these days. Thank you so much, Greg, and, and welcome, Nicole. It's a pleasure to have you on the show again. Great. Thank you. Glad to be here, as usual. Yeah, it's uh, an- another year we're coming back around, um, but it's been a really interesting year for ACOs. And, Nicole, you've been involved with these things, particularly here in Florida and elsewhere, for a long time. What are your thoughts on the what's, what's going on in the current market, and what should people be expecting? Well, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, exciting or nerve-wracking, whichever you know, adjectives you want to use, year for those of us in the ACO space. I think um, you know, not knowing when the regs were going to come out was kind of a nail-biter. 
you know, you know, what do we do? Are we going to have time? Is it going to change drastically? Are we going to stay in? You know, how is this going to impact me? And then finally, when the rules did come out, I think it was pretty apparent that CMS is really going down the push for risk. I mean, they, they, they did some good things. I think simplifying the various tracks, I guess the four tracks into two models, basic and enhanced, you know, I think most people see that as good. Um, I think some of the changes around, uh, you know, the way you can move yourself into risk and the flexibility even within the basic model is good. I think some there is some disappointment around um, the initial, uh, you know, if you're in the very beginning of the basic track, you don't have the same kind of upside you did under the traditional track one. And I think, you know, for folks getting in, there's not as much benefit to doing that if you don't really see the long game of, of this is a way to get in easily and, and learn. Um, and so there's a lot, and I think we we'll probably talked to a lot of the other ones during this call, but I think overall, you know, it's apparent this new administration is putting change in. I think there's still a lot of enthusiasm for these models. I think they're saving money, they're working, um, and it's just a matter of, you know, how everybody who participates will end up um, participating. And I think, you know, overall what I see is that um, hospitals are being pushed to probably either really rethink their business model or get out, and the independents are going to have an advantage. And I think you're going to see for those independents who are a little bit afraid of this risk, there's a step path, but there's also probably going to be some aggregation in the market and money coming in to help offset some of that risk. And I think that's probably at the highest level the, the things that may happen because of these changes. Yeah, it's a really interesting insights. And I think, as you pointed out, you've got the issue where they've, they've separated out the hospitals or those larger revenue ones from the smaller revenue ones in the model. And it does look like in a number of areas, not just the ACOs, uh, the, the government has, has said we're gonna, we've got to start focusing a little bit more on costs and not kind of allow people to just glide through some of these areas. Right. And so as, as we've been sort of fortunate here in Florida in a sense um, in that, I, you know, for the most part, I think, and, and clearly at the conference you, you hear it, we've got some really successful ACOs in, in this state what is it that you've seen from those that may be different from the others and potentially what could people learn from those that then maybe it doesn't take them four or five years to be able to deal with risk, but they, because they understand it better, they, they can start off earlier. Yeah. I mean, Florida is definitely a great market. Um, I think, um, you know, managed care existed here and, and it was thriving here unlike some of the other markets. And so I think there's an advantage just to get into the ACO space. But I, you know, I also think that, that this market has embraced these models and what it takes to be successful. The largest, I mean, the most, the two most successful ACOs in the country are led by independents and reside in Florida. And that's Millennium uh, over on the Southwest coast and Palm beach ACO on the Southeast coast. And they've, you know, are creating significant savings and therefore creating significant revenue for their ACOs and really game changers for those independent organizations. Um, you know, they're doing all the right things. They're keeping people out of the hospital. They're keeping people healthy at home. They're, they're thinking about post-acute. They're thinking about ER diversion. They're watching, you know, compliance on medications. I mean, everything that, that you have to think about 
in order to be successful in ACO, those are doing. And many of the other ones are doing it too in Florida. You know, if you look at uh, the success in Florida, I think 72% of ACOs have made money, but if you take out the hospital-based one, it's even higher than that. So the independents are certainly leading in Florida, and because of that, um, they're having more success. And I think that if you look at some of the reg changes, CMS acknowledges that and says, you know, hospitals are not going to let you continue to just play and, you know, have access to data, except if you're not going to take this seriously and really think about how you're going to change um, um, how you take care of patients and how you think about hospitalizations and filling beds and things like that. So I, I think it's going to really put hospitals on pause to say, you know, are we serious about this or not? So that's really interesting. And the numbers, by the way, are pretty staggering when you talk about the, the percentage of, you know, the provider type ACOs that are doing well versus those with the hospitals. And, you know, there is this big fear, and I know NACOS is really pushing pretty hard to try to push back on some of this stuff, um, that, that there will be a large number of ACOs dropping out. Is, is it your sense then, and it seems to appear that, that it would be the hospital ones for the most part because the provider ones obviously are doing much better? Well, I think there's going to be two things that happen. I think the hospitals are are really going to have to look seriously, and I actually, I actually feel optimistic that the hospitals are going to say, okay, value-based health care is here to stay. How do we not lose in this battle and give it to, to the independents? How can we truly look at this and say, can we get dollar one from a physician health organization versus when they come into the hospital and fill a bed? And if we do that, then everything else becomes operational cost. I think you're going to see innovative, forward-thinking hospital execs start to look at that and really take value-based healthcare seriously, or they're going to get out. For as far as the independents, I think you know the independents, certainly in Florida and elsewhere even, are leading as far as successful ACOs. They're going to continue to dominate. They're going to grab market share, and I think what's going to happen is the number of ACOs are going to shrink, but I don't believe the number of physicians and patients within ACOs are going to shrink. I just think you're going to have larger ACOs that are, that are capitalized. Um, you know, it, it mitigates the risk for the smaller groups that aren't willing to take on the downside, and they can participate and get the advantages of being in an ACO without having to take the risk. And I just think that's what I see happening personally. And uh, before I ask the next question, let me just point out that when I said NACOS, I was referring to the National Association of ACOs for those who may not have been familiar with that term. Um, one of the other things that I found fascinating, you know, I'm now teaching this course at the University of Mississippi Medical Center on ACOs for their graduate program, is that while there's all this talk of CMS and this concern about the new MSSP regs, there's been substantial ACO growth and even a larger population in the commercial sector. And that receives like almost no news. So that's really proven to be quite the opportunity, I think, for ACOs. I, I think so, too. And, I, you know, I, I try to stay away from even though FLACO, the Florida Association of ACOs, is that ACO in its name. To me, this is about value-based health care. And a commercial ACO is it's just a different kind of value-based contract. And I think mm-hmm. what you're seeing on the commercial side and on the payer side is that they're starting to outpace CMS and the creativity around those models and those contracts and where they're willing to go and push because I think they see that this is, you know, the only way to bring healthcare costs down and to make healthcare affordable and still gain, keep market share and be ahead of their competitors is they've got to embrace value-based healthcare and, and create a high-performing network within their insurance plan. And so I think, you know, that's very positive for this whole 
um, you know, movement or transformation. Right. And even, again, as you've talked about, this is really more about value-based care, and this is a model that allows you to do that, in essence. There's now this move to direct contracting that we now see with GM and, and Henry Ford Hospital Health System, and that's really about taking that, as Boeing did, through what is essentially an accountable care organization that's been set up by a group of doctors and hospitals or doctors, as the case may be. Yeah, I think you, you know, the the forward-thinking hospital execs, you know, are going to embrace value-based care and say, how can I build a relationship with my market and the patients within it, you know, the the consumers within it, and how do I take that and create um, the ability to do um, direct-to-employer contracts or provider-sponsored health plan and really kind of disintermediate the payer. So, you know, and the payer is doing the same thing. They're saying, okay, I see this, and so how do I become closer or become the provider in many instances so I don't let that happen? And so there's all this dynamics um, going on in the market, which to me is exciting. Just, just it makes it a vibrant marketplace that, that I'm happy to be part of. And I think at the end of the day, what I love about it most of all is that it's win-win for everybody. It's win-win for the patient. It's win-win for the provider. It makes healthcare more affordable, and it... Um, creates a better quality experience for the patient. Yeah, and that's a great point. I think, you know, regardless of which models you looked at, and there have been questions about the cost side, on the quality side, they've clearly shown that they're able to move quality numbers up and improve the quality of outcomes and, and uh, service delivery, et cetera, by, by moving into these models. Correct. From, from an excitement point of view, you know, there's just a ton of stuff going on, as you talked about, and the conference this year, which comes up, you know, October 18th and 19th in Orlando, you've brought together just an incredible group of experts and individuals discussing a myriad of issues in ACOs. Talk a little bit about that, you know, perhaps starting with Todd Park as your keynote. Yeah, I'm very excited to get Todd Parks. You know, when he came onto the scene, you know, he was one of the founders of Athena with Jonathan Bush and left there and joined the United States government to say, you know, let's do something cool and innovative within the U.S. government that's never been done before. Let's open the data. Let's let's share the data and see what kind of innovation and explosion um, can happen if we just do that. And he was right. He was able to accomplish that, and you've got all kinds of um, – of great outcomes for healthcare that have come out of those decisions and the policies he was able to enact while he was within the United States. He first was the CIO for HHS and then moved over to work directly for Obama. And then he left, and now he has um, joined a, or founded an MA plan in South Florida to try to take some of those ideas, you know, working with physicians, working with the government to make data easier to share and, you know, clinical integration and all of that that comes out of that, and then take that and create a new kind of MA plan and, you know, in this accountable care value-based healthcare space. So we're very excited that he's going to be one of our keynotes. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And and I hope you talk about, you know, this, this what we've been discussing, this whole move from volume to value. Um, you've also got um, individuals coming in and talking about, as we talked about earlier, this, you know, this new MS. SP program and the proposed pathway to success that Medicare is launching. And you've got a good panel on that as well. And then you go into things such as connecting communities. So can you give us a sense of some of the other keynote speakers you've got coming in? Sure. Well, our 
second day keynote is Mike Ferris from Navis Healthcare, you know, dear and near to my heart, of course. And, you know, he's who I think he's um, incredibly innovative as well, has pushed his organization to really look at the patient as an individual. And instead of saying, hey, what is the matter with you and how do we, um, or here's what's the matter with you and here's how we're going to solve for it, what matters to you and what do you care about and, and really focusing healthcare around that concept. So we've got him on day two to talk about that. We have, you know, um, what you just said as far as the details around these changes, pathways to success, you know, going through the nuts and bolts of those. We have all kinds of um, high-level panels as well as very um, detailed panels on how to do stuff. We're, um, for social determinants, we've got a, you know, connected community care and how to accomplish that and how you address those things. Um, we've got regulatory changes, you know, the impacts. I mean, you, you, you look through the agenda and there's not much, much in the value-based healthcare space that we haven't covered and have experts that live and breathe this stuff every day on those panels. You know, when we talked about Millennium and Palm Beach ACO, the two most successful ACOs in the country, the leaders of those ACOs are on these panels and, and many examples of that throughout the conference. Yeah, and that's that's what I found each year. It's been most satisfying for myself is actually going to a conference where it's not just somebody up there talking through some concept. These are people actually doing this stuff. And it's nice to see this. You know, you've got to focus on going full risk, which is something Greg and I have talked about a lot and believe ultimately that's one of the major uh, points we need to reach. And uh, you've got a great group coming in to discuss that as well. Um, the other area I saw that, that just fascinated me a bit is just Medicaid. And a lot of times people don't look at Medicaid. I believe there are now, um, you know, maybe 13 states that have ACOs associated with Medicaid. So it's another area similar to commercial that maybe you hear a little bit less about, but there's some real opportunities there as well. Yeah, I think it's the kind of next value horizon. Um, you know, there's Medicaid has been kind of the stepchild of health care and who pays for it. Is it federal? Is it state? You know, we're obviously a state-based organization. And so, you know, becoming an advocate for what happens in the state around that patient population and how we can drive to have more value-based health care involved in that is something we're pretty passionate about. So, yes, we're putting a whole subject on the, our whole agenda item on the on the conference around that. And we've brought in someone from the House of Representatives who sits on the health care um, policy panel to talk about what's happening in Florida around Medicaid, and then we're bringing someone else that's more, you know, outside of Florida that talks about it from just a general value-based push in Medicaid. And so it should be a pretty interesting panel. But I do think Medicaid's kind of the, that next value horizon. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that's been interesting in this whole space has been what, as you, you touched on a little bit, sort of what's the role of the payer? And you now see payers doing joint venture arrangements like Banner Health and Aetna and things like that. And so I guess they're still trying to find their way as to how far they go into the provider space or how closely they integrate with providers, ACOs that exist. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, they're all they're all over the place. You know, they they um, um, have you know they're doing all the way from just new types of contracting. Um, how do we you know motivate providers to deliver the type of care we want that brings us the, the outcomes that allow us to bring affordable uh, health insurance to the markets? All the way from how do we merger? You know, how do we acquire and and connect? you know, payer and provider organizations in order to accomplish that same goal. And so you're, every single model you can think of is out there and, and coming from smaller, 
smaller health plans all the way to the large ones like United Healthcare. And so it's a very, like I said earlier, it's a very vibrant market. Lots of change, lots of things happening, and lots of unique partnerships happening. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm excited to be participating as well in joining that panel on population health, which I think really is sort of that underlying approach that those ACOs that want to be successful need to integrate in and think through how they do that and how they bring that data together to actually manage that population and make a difference. So really looking forward to attending. Always, always happy to have you on our panels and at the conference. Well, thanks so much for that. And the other area that I, that I think is, is sometimes forgotten um, and particularly sort of how uh, CMS set up these ACOs where they said, well, we're going to have, you know, attribution is the patient themselves and, and how do you engage the patient? And I know you've got a really good session on that coming up as well. And uh, on the, the, I believe maybe on the first day, but the, the whole concept of patient engagement, are you seeing any unique things in that area via technology approaches, things like that? Well, you've got, sure. You've got, um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, really kind of starting to make a play. And I think we have a panel that just talks about the unique stuff that's coming out from there. You have, you know, behavioral health really being taken seriously and, you know, how do we engage parent, patients understanding, you know, what's going on with them outside of just their health condition, you know, and that goes all the way from social determinants to behavioral health, you know, to, to, to other very non-clinical stuff, you know, their family situation, et cetera. And so, you know, you know I, I don't, I'm not sure that patient engagement has been cracked in the way that it still needs to, to, to really move the needle um, on, you know, the, the number of patients that we're helping solve those types of problems for. But I think at least we're having the conversations, we're addressing them, and we're starting to put things in place. You know, telehealth is another thing that's starting to get traction and really helps to connect patients to their their, their physician and their you know, larger care team. And so I think it's, you know, exciting stuff happening and, and people that are involved in it and part of, you know, pushing those those new things into their um, ACOs and, and care team outreach. I think, you know, they're on the panels and they're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, um, it's, it's, I'm thinking back a couple of years ago to, uh, it, it was your conference you did out at the beach. <laughs> Uh, right, that's, that's five years ago. That's five long. years ago, and it's you know that right. may have been the first one, and that was and to one. what it's become now is just fascinating because not just from the the sense of the people and the attendees and the quality of the speakers, but you, this this really covers the waterfront. You're talking social determinants now. You're talking machine learning now. You're talking telemedicine now. All of these things are are actually being addressed, which is from my perspective, it's great to see you know, ACOs and a conference actually addressing these issues and looking that broadly versus, oh, let's just focus in real quick on are we doing this with our diabetics or this and that. Just great stuff. Well, and to, to that point, you know, what I love about the conference as well is not only do we bring the folks together that are doing this, that are running ACOs, that are dealing with patients, trying to crack and solve these problems, we also, we also have some very innovative sponsors and vendors who are building this stuff as we speak, you know, that are pushing the envelope, that are creating new ways to solve these things. And you bring those two groups together, you get, you know, you get a very interesting um, dynamic. And I think people appreciate it that they're able to, you know, think of a problem and then there's somebody there that's, that's already got the solution for it. And they're willing to partner creatively to say, hey, let's go prove this. This really works. And I think, you know, in, in this stage of these models, a lot of that's happening and you're feeling that at the conference. Right. So you, so you have an opportunity to talk to some of these companies that bring some of these innovative solutions 
to to the ACOs. Right, exactly. And it's very collaborative, very collegiate. I mean, I've always been happy about how those two groups come together at this conference. Much much different than I've seen it happen in other conferences, you know, where they almost avoid each other because <laughs> they don't want to say yeah. such, you know. Yeah. And, and it's very, it's very like, oh, can we do this? And, you know, and yes, we can, you know, talk about that and we can create that. And, you know, it's, it's just that kind of conversation. It's much different. Right. And I also think that from a, that even those organizations that may be sponsors who are presenting, the the presentations that I've been to have not been pitches. They you right. really learn stuff and take away concepts from them, which I really appreciate. I'm not sure quite how you get that done, but it's been great, Nicole. <laughs> really has. I, I think just picking the right people, the people that really are passionate and believe in this stuff and they happen to be selling wares, but they're selling those wares because they think they're solving a problem. And I think you bring those folks to a conference like this and, and, and you get excitement and you get credibility and, and people want to partner because that jointly they're solving a problem. <laughs> the other thing that, you know, it's probably n- not necessarily top of mind for when you're thinking about a conference, but clearly a, uh, something that's important is that, one, it's a great place to come to the Omni Orlando hotel, but also you've got uh, what you've got set up things to network and, opportunities to meet people and really talk about what's going on. So I know for, I know you've got your uh, your typical farewell to summer nights party that comes up, and that's always been a, a great opportunity to talk to the speakers or other people in the industry and, and discuss real things. Yeah, I think, you know, this year, I, I don't know if you remember last year, we had Cigna Healthcare sponsored a pre-conference invite-only party, and we're going to do that again this year because that was very successful, and, and a lot of the ACOs that attended were able to get contracts with Cigna and you know, further those conversations down what works for both. And then our farewell of nights party is fun. You know, we have music. It's outside. It's very breezy in Florida, and people really let their hair down and get to know each other, and I think everybody enjoys that. And then on Friday, we bring together um, a senior leader from – you know, all the payers that are delivering value-based contracts, Aetna, Cigna, Blues of Florida, um, United Healthcare, and there's a small, you know, networking thing right after that panel discussion um, that the folks that are looking for contracts and the folks that can deliver contracts can network and talk and, and further those relationships and conversations. So there's lots of opportunities as well as <coughs> we have you know, a vendor happy hour where everybody gets to, in a very friendly, let your hair down kind of way, gets to know each other. And so we, we really encourage collaboration. Yeah, I would I would say that there are, you know, some conferences that are just really worth going to because you get the opportunity to network and you get the opportunity to really hear some unique and, and, uh, and informative ideas from people trying to make a difference and out there making a difference in value-based care. And this one clearly brings that group together. So really hats off to you, Nicole, for a great conference. And we're looking forward to coming down there October to, uh, to attend it. Great. And we do have kind of a surprise announcement, which I'll give you a sneak peek to. We <laughs> are, you know, over the oh, – I hear the music. Keep going. Quick, you got but, time. But we are – we are going to roll out an organization called Value H, which is the first value-based healthcare association nationally, and we're going to um, provide more information at the conference. But it really is a way to say across all stakeholders, anybody that's doing value-based healthcare in this country, this is a place to be, to come together, and it's going to build off of the success and the same kind of vibe and and you know stuff that we've been able to create with Flacco's, but take it on a national scale. So look for Value H. 
Well, fantastic. Thanks so much for, for uh, letting the cat out of the bag here at the at, on our show and looking forward to seeing you at the conference. Great. Turn it back Bye to you, Greg. Greg. And there you have it. That will have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I want to thank our guest, Nicole Bradbury, founder and CEO of FLACOS, the Florida Association of ACOs, and president of the Florida market for Navis Healthcare for her time and insights today. Do follow Nicole and Flacos's work on the web via www.flaacos.com and on Twitter via at FLAACOS. And then finally, if you're tasked with strategy, standing up an ACO or retooling some of the misguided uh, ventures out there, uh, feel free to uh, join us in Orlando at the Florida Association of ACOs 5th Annual Conference October 18th and 19th. And for more information on the conference, go to flacos.com. Until we meet again on Pop Health Week, for Fred Goldstein, this is Greg Masters saying bye now. <laughs>